From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Hang your cloak in a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. You're among friends. Medical investigative reporter, a Pulitzer Prize-nominated journalist, John Rappaport from nomorefakenews.com is standing by to discuss the Zika virus. And he comes armed with some information I think is going to knock your socks off. Uh, while we wait for uh, John, get on up to the landing page, strangeplanet.ca. And there you can check out the website for this program. Just go to the radio page for The Conspiracy Show, and there you'll, you'll find a slide carousel up at the top, which features a collection of tantalizing tidbits and meaty stories, including one from the folks at 21stCenturyWire.com about a recently uncovered practice by the CIA called eyewashing. Now, eyewashing involves sending accurate information only to a very small number of people and then disinformation to all other employees. Uh, and what it suggests is a lot of things that are dismissed in the mainstream media as ridiculous conspiracy theory may, in fact, be a lot closer to the truth than we can imagine. A few political junkies, a piece from the New American on the ever-tightening noose around presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton. Clinton has spent the last several months attempting to dodge the fallout from the scandal surrounding her use of a private, unsecured email server during the six years she spent as Secretary of State. And the report lays out the case for why the FBI really has no choice but to call for an indictment. Please visit the live events page at strangeplanet.ca, uh, and there you'll find details for my next live event, Sunday, April the 17th, The Bilderbergs, featuring an invest, uh, featuring investigative journalist Daniel Estelin, the best-selling author of The True Story of the Bilderbergs, and he'll be presenting his brand new documentary, Bilderberg the Movie. He'll also deliver a 90-minute lecture on the subject, take Q&A, and that'll all be followed by a book signing and meet and greet. That's The Bilderbergs, Sunday, April 17th at the U of T. Tickets available online at strangeplanet.ca, the live events page. Uh, the recent outbreak of Zika, the mosquito-borne virus, has quickly gained Ebola-level notoriety. Uh, the World Health Organization claims the virus may well be responsible for a birth defect called microcephaly where children are born with abnormally small heads and brain impairment. As a result, many North Americans are changing their travel plans and avoiding South and Central America and the Caribbean. Worse, however, women in Brazil uh, and elsewhere are being advised not to get pregnant for the next several years. What on earth is going on, and is this hysteria justified? John Rappaport has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for nearly four decades. He's the author of three explosive collections, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside the Matrix. He's written articles on politics, health, media, culture, and art for LA Weekly, Spin Magazine, Stern, Village Voice, Nexus, CBS, Health Watch, and other newspapers and magazines in the United States and Europe. In 1982, the LA Weekly submitted his name for a Pulitzer Prize for his interview with the president of El Salvador University where the military had taken over the campus. In 1996, John started the great boycott against eight corporate chemical giants, Monsanto, Dow, DuPont, Bayer, uh, and others, Imperial Chemical Industries, 
uh, and the boycott continues to operate today. John Rappaport is the man behind nomorefakenews.com. It's a terrific website, and he's a good friend of the radio program and has appeared on numerous episodes of the Conspiracy Television program. John, how are you? Great. Good to be here with you, Richard. Great to have you with us. All right. Uh, let's sort of get the official version of, of things, and then we'll find out uh, regarding the Zika virus, and then find out where uh, you sort of differ. Uh, how long has the Zika virus been around? This is not something new. We're not hearing about it. I mean, many people may be hearing about it for the first time, but it's it's been out there. Reports have been out there before, correct? Well, not many reports, but it was first uh, discovered in 1947, 48. So it's been around, you know, uh, as far as human understanding is concerned uh, for that period of time. And, of course, it could have existed for several hundred thousand years or more. Who knows? And the, the latest reports out of Brazil, first of all, where is the supposed outbreak centered? And give us the particulars of, of uh, when it was discovered, this outbreak. Okay, well, we're going back... Uh, you know, basically a month or two when the story exploded. But in the northeastern sector of Brazil is supposedly the center of this, quote, outbreak. And um, in the last month or two, we've received reports that over 4,000 cases have suddenly been appearing in Brazil of babies born with smaller heads and brain damage, and this condition is called microcephaly. And uh, the official story is that this uh, condition is being caused tied to the Zika virus itself. Uh, and, and the Zika virus is, is spread to people through mosquito bites. Correct. But, yeah. but the, the symptoms are, are usually mild, are they not? Well, yeah, now, I mean, we're crossing the line between the official account right. and, and the truth. Uh, yes, since 1947, nobody's really paid that much attention to this virus because uh, the symptoms are very mild. The uh, disease, if you even want to call it that, the illness is short, goes away by itself. And now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's being blamed for this horrendous birth defect. Yeah, tell me about this uh, microcephaly, uh, the, the symptoms. Babies are born with, with smaller smaller heads, smaller brains? Yes, the smaller heads, brain impairment, brain damage, nervous system impairment, etc., etc. And so it's a, uh, you know, tragic condition. But, I mean, it's well known. This is not the first time, of course, that anybody's heard of this. For example, in the United States, there are many different estimates of how many cases of this occur a year, and uh, the figures go all the way down from, you know, say, a thousand all the way up to twenty-five thousand cases a year in the U.S. Of but this what, particular birth defect you're talking about? Yes, microcephaly. But and this, so you know, this has been around. I mean, it's not as if this is popping up for the first time. The thing is, it's very clear in the literature that any insult to the developing fetal brain can cause this condition. Mother falls down a flight of stairs, uh, mother suffers a blow to the stomach, 
ingests a toxic pesticide, toxic medical drug, uh, you know, anything that you can imagine practically of a severe impact could cause and does cause microcephaly in babies. Is it also this this um, uh, defect? Is it also known as uh, Guillain-Barre disease? No, that's something else. That's something different? Oh, okay. And now that is also being tied to the Zika virus by the official story. Guillain-Barre, you know, you're talking about people falling into a kind of paralyzed state, even perhaps a coma, death. The most famous case was in 1976 uh, with the swine flu vaccine that actually caused cases of Guillain-Barre. So if we've had Zika cases, Zika virus cases in, in Africa, the Americas, Asia, the Pacific, uh, now you know we're talking about Brazil here, since at least the 1940s, why all of a sudden are they making this link to this microcephaly? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, and now I'll give you uh, a bit of the, the truth here. Because the latest reports out of Brazil indicate that the researchers have gone in back in and looked at their own work. In other words, they had these reports of 4,180 cases in Brazil from all over the country of microcephaly. These were suspected cases, so now they're taking a good look. So what do they find? Only 270 confirmed cases of microcephaly. And of those 270, um, let me give you a further update, which I have here just now, 404 cases of microcephaly, not 4,180. 404 confirmed cases of microcephaly, and in those, only 17 with any relationship established to the Zika virus. And that's been, con- those, uh, the update, the c- yeah, confirmation, is that from the World Health Organization or? That's from the Brazilian Health Authority. Okay. But that is confirmed by many other media sources going back to Brazil. Uh, the World Health Organization doesn't want to talk about the exact numbers if they can help it. They gloss over the whole thing by saying, Yes, uh, we can't demonstrate that the Zika virus causes microcephaly, but it's highly suspected that that is the case, and on that basis, we are acting. All right, and where are these four, are these 400 cases um, of confirmed microcephaly? Does the location correspond with the the location of the of the Zika virus outbreak, or I mean, <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's no word on that because you see, there is no particular area uh, of Brazil where you can say this is the Zika virus outbreak. I mean, they've only confirmed, as I said, 17 cases of microcephaly, where they even believe that the Zika virus was involved. Wow, it really seems like they're trying hard to shoehorn this thing, doesn't it? Well, sure. I mean, they're blowing this up into a worldwide hysteria about yet another global pandemic, etc., etc., etc. 
And what the audience has to understand, because there's a, there's a lot of misunderstanding about viruses. Look, the Zika virus has been around, as far as we know, I mean, since 1947, obviously much longer than that. So what does that mean? Well, it's traveled around the world, you know, probably thousands of times. You can find it everywhere. In fact, you can go back in India and see, you know, there's a long-standing condition they call Zika fever, which has existed in India for a long time, but it's never been considered to be serious. So therefore, now the World Health Organization can go around and say, well, more people than we thought of are, quote, infected by the Zika virus. Uh, We have cases in Colombia, and we have cases in Brazil, and we have cases in Africa, and this and that, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? What does that actually mean? It simply means that the virus has always been there, and it's not doing anything. It hasn't been doing anything. But now, you see, they're jacking up the hysteria because they've connected uh, in public relations, propaganda terms, they've connected this virus to microcephaly. So now whenever they say Zika, people imagine photographs of babies with small heads, brain defects, and so forth and so on. But there is no connection that has been uh, demonstrated or proven. And since the Zika virus has been on the planet for God knows how long, so what? So what if there are 12 cases of people who, quote, test positive tomorrow in Toronto or Vancouver or New York or Atlanta? The virus has been there for nobody knows how long, and it hasn't done anything. It just hangs around. All right, we'll take a time out. Uh, John Rappaport is with us, a medical investigative reporter, and we are talking about the Zika virus right here on The Conspiracy Show. Back with more. Don't go away. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. John Rappaport stays with us. Nomorefakenews.com. There you can follow his numerous blogs and dispatches regarding the Zika virus. And as you say, John, this has really been stirred up into a frenzy by uh, the World Health Organization and others. Uh, Before we proceed, uh, let uh, people know how they can get copies of The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside the Matrix. Okay, well, these are not books. They're very large collections of text and audio and so forth. And by going to nomorefakenews.com, they'll see the graphics there for each uh, collection. They just click on and read a description and... They can order if they want to. These are CD-ROMs, essentially. Well, essentially, uh, we uh, submit them digitally, so there's no no hard copy. Just order, and they get all the files. Got it. Okay. So, uh, back to the Zika virus. And uh, it seems, as we mentioned earlier, like they're really trying to to make a... Well, it's a tenuous link, you're saying, between the Zika virus, which has been around since the 1940s. All of a sudden now, they're trying to link it. They, the World Health Organization, other uh, health organizations, trying to link it uh, to these uh, cases of microcephaly. And as you say, there are only 400, not 4,000, 400 confirmed um, cases of microcephaly uh, in, in Brazil. Now... How unusual uh, would the, are, are 400 cases in a country the size of Brazil? What would what, I mean? What's the baseline here? How how common or uncommon is microcephaly? It's not unusual at all. 
200 million people in Brazil. And as I said, the lowest estimate that you'll ever find for microcephaly in the United States every year is about 800. The highest is 25,000. And the reason that there's this huge difference is because there are different definitions, technical definitions of microcephaly. So in a country of, you know, 200 million people, Brazil, to see 404 cases, not unusual, not unusual at all. It's not uh, something that, you know, would ordinarily be alarming. And if that's all they had from the beginning, and if they haven't, if they hadn't trumpeted this huge number of 4,100 cases, there would have been no hysteria to begin with. So you, you believe that they are deliberately inflating these numbers, and as you say, the World Health Organization, they don't want to talk details. They want everyone to continue to believe it's more like 4,000 confirmed cases. Is that the idea? Yes, and they also, World Health Organization especially wants everybody to believe that the Zika virus is the cause. Is That's it? The key. Okay. Now, before we get into what other causes there may be, is it possible, is anyone suggesting that perhaps the Zika virus has mutated? Is it one of those viruses that, that uh, like the flu, for example, that mutates? Is it possible it mutated uh, and then could cause something like a microcephaly? Anything is possible, okay? I could say that the, uh, you know, regular seasonal flu virus is suddenly causing people to, uh, you know, be born with uh, some other kind of defect. Sure, I could say that, but nobody has shown it to be the case yet. And in fact, uh, researchers interviewed in Brazil say they don't know when that question is asked. So... Again, anything is possible, but you don't say this virus is causing this birth defect just by saying it. You're supposed to know before you say it. You're supposed to know something, and they don't. Yeah, it, as, as we've discussed, this is a, uh, it seems to be a tenuous link at best, uh, anecdotal, uh, which is <laughs> contrary to, you know, the, um, uh, the experimental method and so forth. Okay, so, uh, what other possible explanations could there be for this recent, if I can use the term, outbreak, but that's, that's, um, not, uh, you know, a good term. We're not talking about an outbreak, but what, what could, uh, what also could cause, uh, these recent cases of microcephaly in Brazil? I'm glad you, uh, modified that, you see, because everybody, there's a reflex action there to say, you know, large outbreak of microcephaly when that has not yet been confirmed at all. Right. In truth. But okay, atrazine, a pesticide used in Brazil, connection to microcephaly on large corporate farms. Roundup in one study was linked to microcephaly. Very controversial study. Brazil is the largest user of pesticides in the world of any country. And they use pesticides that have been banned in 22 other countries because they're too poisonous. So, you know, covert op here? Yes. Who has to be protected? The big agri-biotech corporations growing GMO food in Brazil, huge corporate farms spraying people everywhere with pesticides for a very long time, highly toxic, Yes, absolutely. 
that is one of the things that is lurking behind this nonsensical science that we've just discussed. John Rappaport is with us, the man behind No More Fake News, investigative medical health reporter for four decades and the author of three explosive uh, collections available through his website, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside of the Matrix. Uh, if uh, Roundup, Ready Crops, if there's a link there uh, to microcephaly, the, the pesticides uh, that are being used, wouldn't then we expect... Uh, cases of microcephaly to be far, far higher, or is it a, is it a question of uh, you know degrees of sensitivity? I mean, obviously, you know, people have d- different uh, differing sensitivities to chemicals. Yes, you would expect there to be all manner of horrendous conditions caused by these pesticide poisons. In other words, it wouldn't be you saying, oh, well, wherever these pesticides are used, microcephaly just skyrockets. Well, that's one of the things it can do. But it can cause all other kinds of nervous system disorders, partial paralysis, neurological conditions. I mean, the poison, you know, does many things to many different people. And is there a... um is there a particular? Is there? I mean, is there a, a plant, a, 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 um, like a Dupont or a, a chemical plant, uh, right there in the middle of uh, Brazil that's that's producing a lot of these these chemicals? And is it, or is it the crops people are ingesting, or is it people downwind from a plant? How is how are they ingesting these pesticides primarily? In the northeastern sector of Brazil, uh, in the area that we're talking about, I just got a report from there that indeed uh, Monsanto has a facility there and they are doing apparently experimental work on uh, genes vis-a-vis food crops well I know because I wrote extensively about the same kind of setup in Hawaii some months ago now that wherever Monsanto does experiments with genes they're going to be doing experiments with pesticides and as far as which ones these are considered to be proprietary corporate secrets right Mm. so we don't know just as on the island of Kauai although I have a list uh, which I published a link to some time back of many many different pesticide sprayings of many different compounds we don't know all the compounds that are being used. So that's one thing. Then we have agricultural workers close to pesticides in the fields, opening up containers and so on and so forth, using the pesticides to spray. We have people in extreme poverty-stricken areas where the pesticides get into the soil and the water and so on, so they're affected as well. So, you know... You've got, and that doesn't even begin to talk about people who eat the food, uh, which is everywhere, that have been sprayed with these. So we're talking about, uh, you know, a very wide spectrum here. Uh, you would expect then to find uh, these insecticides uh, in, in mother's breast milk and, and these sorts of things. Is, is, does that bear sure. out with the research in places like Brazil? Well, I don't know about specific studies having to do with breast milk, but it stands to reason that if you are, say, 
in an area of huge corporate agriculture and the pesticides are everywhere, they're going to get into people's bodies, women's bodies, and uh, some of these toxics can be transferred through breast milk, but also during fetal development. That's, you know, also obvious. You know, it's the fetus is in the mother and the mother has poison in her body. So it's an easy transference. And meanwhile, they're warning women in Brazil not to get pregnant for the next several years. Is that part of the agenda here, perhaps? Yes. It's not just Brazil. 22 other countries are involved here with different levels of warnings and travel advisories for women. Don't go to these countries because it might be a problem. And I recently wrote an article, and this is, I mean, you'll, you'll see, Abortions at Sea. In Central America and South America, there are many countries that either have outright bans on an abortion or only you can get an abortion only in a very restricted cases. So there is a group that's offering women in early pregnancy outside the three-mile limit in international waters. You go out in a boat, you're given a drug, and when you come back, your baby is gone and will never be born. And this is based on no science. It's based on total hysteria, propaganda, and women are taking advantage of this. Uh, in other words, it's the uh, uh, preemptive, better safe than sorry. Uh, you... Exactly. Right. Exactly. And do we have a handle on how many, uh, how many of these abortions are happening? I have no idea, but it's just begun. I'm assuming it's going to escalate because the fear is being driven home all over Central and South America, as well as around the world. But if you're a woman in, say, a Central American country, and you see the reports and you hear all the reports, and you don't understand the cover stories and the lies and the lack of science, etc., etc., then you're subject to the propaganda, and now and you're you're sitting there, you know, two months pregnant, and then a group appears with this proposition, get, a, get an abortion at sea, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, there's a good chance you're going to go out there and do it. So we could see uh, across South America, Central America, uh, if this hysteria continues, I mean, we could see uh, a noticeable drop in the birth rate over the next couple of years. A if missing people, generation. A missing generation. You bet. I call this whole thing depopulation by press conference. It has nothing wow. to do with anything. It's just, you know, we've got a story here. We can tell the story. We can sell the story. We can sell the fear, especially to women. And we can do some version of depopulation on that basis alone. Depopulation by press conference. That's pretty powerful stuff. John Rappaport, my guest. No more fake news. Back with more in mere moments. Stay with us. The truth will set you free. But first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarek. We are back with John Rappaport. No more fake news. And uh, don't forget his three-part Matrix series. Very powerful stuff. 
tremendous insp- uh, information. Uh, it, it's uh, basically having your own library on your desktop, and uh, you can order that through his website. Again, no more fake news.com. Uh, you said something very powerful before the break. Uh, depopulation by press conference. And you and I have talked about depopulation on the radio and on my television program. Um, this, I mean, they don't need a vaccine. They don't need a pill. Uh, this is, seems to be a, a sort of a, a new strategy in their playbook. Just I would say it is. Yeah. Spread a little bit of hysteria. That's right. Target, you know, who do you want to target? You want to target women who are pregnant or women who are considering or definitely going to become pregnant. And you just keep this up long enough, this hysteria, and many, many women will not get pregnant. Many, many women will not get pregnant. Uh, Here in Canada, for example, where we have uh, virtually no uh, restrictions on abortion, uh, so you have... You have people returning from uh, vacations in uh, in South America, the Caribbean. Uh, they come back. Uh, now, of course, they have the fear in them. Some of them, uh, a certain percentage, may be pregnant. And they may not qualify for the Zika virus tests. Uh, and so they're thinking now, and this, there's been a, at least one reported case, a woman who said, if I can't get the Zika virus test, and they won't give it to me because I haven't shown symptoms, but I'm not, I can't be sure, uh, if I can't have the test, then I will abort. So even people traveling there and coming back, I mean, this could just spread worldwide. Even if we don't have the Zika virus in Canada, just people simply traveling to those countries. Yeah, absolutely. doesn't matter. And... You know, the way the playbook works on these uh, phony epidemics is, oh, we've got three cases in Canada now. Boom. Oh, there's a case in Texas. Oh, a case has shown up in the U.K., in fact, six cases, and next week it's ten. And what are they talking about? They're talking about people who take a test, and I won't go into the long details of this, but the kind of test that could register positive for Zika virus when it means nothing. It's not even really positive for Zika virus. It's reacting on something else that has nothing to do with Zika, as some of these tests do. And two, so what? Because as I said at the top of the show, the Zika virus not only hasn't been connected to microcephaly, but it's been around that we know of since the late 1940s and doesn't cause anything. I mean, it's just a very m- few mild symptoms, and it goes away. So, But they're going to count these as, quote, cases, you see, and then everybody goes, oh, my goodness. So then in all these countries, you've got women who are either in early pregnancy or, con- or intending to become pregnant, and they say, no, uh-uh, I'm either abortion now or I'm not going to get pregnant. So this whole uh, depopulation by press conference indeed can spread around the world. And, and they're saying that there's no uh, a vaccine, there won't be a vaccine available for maybe up to 10 years. Yes, there's contradictory statements about that. Uh, that They're saying that, uh, and then we have a company, for example, in India that says that if they get certain permissions from their own government to rush into studies and so forth, that maybe within 18 months, two years, whatever, they could have a vaccine. 
Has, have we always known that the Zika virus, and it, uh, as you've been careful to point out, there's no connection here again between the Zika virus and microcephaly, uh, but have we always known that, that Zika virus is transmitted through, can be transmitted through sex? No, I don't think so, uh, but nobody's cared. It's sort of like saying, well, should we really do a study on a harmless virus and see whether it can be transmitted through sex? Right. Right. You know, why bother? So, you know, even if it could be, my attitude is, sure, transmit it by however you want to transmit it. You know, I mean, uh, could it be transmitted by touch, by breathing, by sneezing, by sex, by casual contact, skin contact? Why not? But so what? A harmless germ, never proven to cause anything, and now the story is manipulated, you see. The thing, you know, ashtrays were never known to do any harm, but now somebody suddenly says they're jumping off of tables and hitting people in the head and causing them to go into a coma. So, <laughs> gee, we have all these ashtrays around the world. We better do something about it. Right, right. Ah, yeah, this is... Um... Yeah. I, I guess we've you know we've seen this movie before, right? This is, uh... <laughs> you and I. <laughs> All right, we've we'll take... been to the same theater at least several times, Richard, <laughs> and we've seen the same movie Indeed. over and over again. All right, we'll take one last time out. Come back and uh, finish up with John Rappaport. No more fake news right here on the Conspiracy Show. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. John Rappaport, medical investigative reporter, health journalist, and No More Fake News is the website, nomorefakenews.com. Uh, and again, you can order his three-part uh, series on the Matrix uh, through the website. Uh, I want to get back to uh, these big chemical uh, giants, uh, Monsanto and, and others. Uh, you know, in Europe, of course, they are really clamping down on... on um, um, these modified uh, organisms and um, genetically modified organisms. Uh, what is the relationship in in uh, in South America with with Monsanto and and various governments? For example, in the United States, we had a case where the the, the food czar I don't know if the current food czar as he's called in the U.S. was a former director at Monsanto. But is it that kind of cozy relationship down in South America as well? I would say it's become more contentious and disruptive. But that's because there have been popular revolts in these countries that have huge amounts of GMO crops and the pesticides needed to uh, work with the crops. The farmers are in revolt because they've discovered that the crop yields that they were promised through these GMO crops are not uh, coming true, poisoning by pesticide. Uh, resistant weeds, huge weeds that are growing that don't respond to the pesticides, etc., etc. And so there's been uh, a lot of political revolt in these countries, and so the situation is more tenuous. It's not what I would any longer call a cozy relationship, no. But would you think that, that uh, part of this hoax that's being perpetrated Part of it, there is obviously a, a, a depopulation agenda uh, to whip up this hysteria, get people uh, frightened and they decide not to have uh, children or they decide to abort. 
Uh, the other the other aspect of this, though, is to provide a cover story for what's going on with these these uh, chemicals, agricultural uh, chemicals and fertilizers and pesticides down in South America. Is that there? Is that the idea? Yes, but now it also functions as a cover story for other things. For example, and this is true time and time again with these so-called outbreaks: Ebola, swine flu. This one with Zika, HIV, etc., etc. When you go to areas of endemic poverty in countries, people are dying all the time in many different ways. Why are they dying? Generations and generations, severe malnutrition, starvation. Poor sanitation. Lack of sanitation, contaminated water supplies, overcrowding. Stolen land, farming land. They can't farm their own land anymore because it's been taken away by major corporations, etc., etc., etc. Vaccine, prior vaccine campaigns, because these people's immune systems are on the edge of collapse anyway, and you give them vaccines with toxic elements in them, push the immune system right over the edge, etc., etc., on and on. Now, <coughs> uh, this has to be covered up all of this because this is not a situation that is uncorrectable many things can be done to correct this the water can be cleaned up sanitation improved etc many things can be done but the local rulers and their allies major corporations who move in and take over the land for example they don't want this situation to be changed they want to keep the populations exactly in that state and they don't want anybody to be investigating this with any seriousness to see how this is being maintained from generation to generation. They need cover stories all the time. And so, oh, a new outbreak of a new virus is causing destruction and so forth. And then you say, well, where is that? And then in most cases, it turns out to be places that, like I've just described. Oh, it's all a virus. We, we have nothing to do with it. We don't know what to do, and so bring in the doctors and the researchers, and hopefully we can handle it, etc., etc. This is a repeating pattern over and over and over again. Yeah, we so, we we just keep we we keep biting on the same bait. I mean, they gave it they, they give it a different name, but uh, it's the same it's the same uh, strategy, isn't it? And let me just take this one step further in this case of Zika because. They're carried by, supposedly, you know, this is viruses carried by mosquitoes who bite people. Okay, so now there have been test pilot releases of genetically engineered mosquitoes in Brazil and several other places in the world. And this is being touted as the latest technical innovation in order to knock out certain diseases. Right, this is the dengue fever because supposedly these mosquitoes in, say, South America carry dengue fever. Okay, so now we're looking at, let's see, the company, the main company is Oxitec. Okay, uh, they received several million dollars in funding from Bill and Melinda Gates. Oxitec is actually owned by another corporation called Intrexon, and their main uh, director of, quote, health, Dr. Sam Broder, is the same doctor who once introduced for the treatment of AIDS 
the most toxic drug ever given for long-term human use called AZT. Uh-huh, I see, okay. And now these genetically engineered mosquitoes are, are looking to be uh, the frontier of new disease intervention and treatment and prevention and so on and so on and so forth, right? So this Zika story only serves to pump up this solution. And I, as I understand it, uh, John, uh, um, the, the one firm that I read about, I'm not sure if it's the one you're talking about, is a UK-based biotech firm. And they, right. these genetically modified mosquitoes, what happens is they, they release them, they mate with the, the native mosquitoes, and the um, the either they don't they don't produce eggs or the eggs are sterile so they're almost like the Monsanto Terminator seeds. Yeah, that's the same idea. So, but it, it, in in the test areas, they have reduced the mosquito population by something like ninety percent. Which, hey, if you don't like mosquitoes, that sounds like a great thing. But I mean, you you could collapse the uh, the um, the food chain. The, yeah, the food chain. If you did that. Okay, so let me describe that. First of all, as with GMO crops, no significant human health studies were done before the release of these genetically engineered mosquitoes to see, you know, what are the consequences? Hey, do you think we should look at consequences? Oh, that's a good idea. No, we don't have to worry about it. It's fine. So we have no health studies. And, for example, this has been brought up, Okay, so you kill all these mosquitoes, now you create a vacuum. So what's going to fill the vacuum in areas of, say, South America where you do this? Well, for example, there's a, species, there's a uh, type of mosquito called the Asian tiger that could fill that gap. Also purported to carry dengue fever, more aggressive, breeds faster, right? That's not a good sign for sure. And... So here they go with this, uh, you know, technological innovation. And they are also looking at the possibility that these uh, engineered insects could in the future carry vaccines. Oh, you know? my. Oh, repeat that because... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that would be the next step, you see. Well, we've got these mosquitoes, and I mean, so... Why worry about having to do large uh, campaigns to get people to step up? Why not just, you know, allow the vaccines to be delivered by the mosquitoes? That is, it's, it's, it's absolutely evil and brilliant at the same time. Sure. Diabolical, I think, you know. Yeah. That's the idea, because now if you are, say, in Trexon or Oxitec, same thing, and you own the patent on these mosquitoes, which you do, they're yours, you own them. Now you can begin to implant anything you want to in them, and who knows what already has been implanted. I mean, I certainly can't say for sure, nor could any outsider say. But in the future, oh yeah, we could deliver medical uh, drugs, we could deliver vaccines, we could deliver anything we want to. Is that is that feasible right now with the technology to do that, or is that something you're projecting off into the future? Any way of knowing? I would say that certain things are feasible right now because all you would have to do, for example, instead of creating genetically engineered male mosquitoes, create females who do the biting and you've got a delivery system. 
Now, whether you could deliver a vaccine right now may be a little uncertain. You certainly could deliver a drug. But I think that there are certain types of vaccines that you could already deliver, the so-called DNA vaccines, which are um, being not only researched but, you know, tested in which you've got a vaccine that does not contain the germ that you're supposedly vaccinating against, but it has a DNA pattern of that germ or some part of that germ. So you're delivering a DNA sequence, basically. And this is one, you know, one of the frontiers of vaccine research. I think you could probably figure out a way to put that... Uh, sequence into a mosquito and have it delivered sure why not that may be the scariest thing i've ever heard from you john yeah it's pretty pretty ominous especially you see because again no controls no controls on this because the history of gmo crops if you look at it which is you know the first big development 19, I'm going to say 96 in America is when they were first approved. The FDA said, well, it's the corporation's responsibility to determine that this uh, innovation is safe. And Monsanto and the other corporations said, well, the FDA says it's okay. That's what happened. Nothing else happened. There were no health studies, no long-term anything all the protests that this that these uh, GMO crops were not equivalent to ordinary natural crops were ignored. So in the case of the mosquitoes, yeah, it's a tougher sell, but, you know, one step at a time, and all of a sudden you've got agencies saying, ah, all right, go ahead. And not only that, see, but once you release them, and I'm now talking about a different kind of genetic engineering at a different level. If they can mate, if they can produce offspring and so on and so forth, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. How are you going to recall them? Even in a test run where you release, say, 20,000 and in a small area, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, you don't want us to do that anymore? Okay. You know, yeah, too late. There's no stopping it. This is assuming that they tell us anyway of any about, exactly. of any of this. Exactly. Oh boy, you've given us a lot to think about, uh, John Raffaport, and you always do. Uh, gosh, <laughs> I'm not going to sleep well tonight. I'll tell you that. But um, I guess forewarned, forearmed. Exactly. John, thank you as always. Okay, Richard, it's great to be here with you every single time. My pleasure, John Raffaport. No more fake news.com. You really need to get up there and check out that website. No more fake news.com. And my website, of course, strangeplanet.ca. Strangeplanet.ca. Don't forget to get to the uh, live events page there and uh, order your tickets for the Bilderbergs event coming Sunday, April the 17th, University of Toronto, with special guest Daniel Estulin, who will be premiering his new documentary, Bilderberg. The movie, again, strangeplanet.ca, live events page, order your tickets. Say hello on Twitter. As always, follow the truth. <laughs>